Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We are live right here on FFC. It's Football Full Circle all on the Sports Grid Radio Network. As we get going here on FFC, it's Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens starting live on this Tuesday following the conclusion of week number 12. Coming to a close last night, Scott, in Minneapolis between the Vikings and the Bears, an NFC North rivalry that looked like a Big Ten West football game. Scott, to end out week number 12 on Monday night, it's a Cairo Santos 30-yard field goal with just 10 ticks remaining in regulation that gives Chicago its fourth win of the year 12 to 10 the final score in the Twin Cities the Bears winning outright as a three-point underdog Scott what was your main takeaway from what we saw on the Monday night finale of week number 12 Wow, if anyone has uh, any issues with falling asleep, uh, take out this game. <laughs> that that would be my number one thing. Wow, that, this set football back. This was like back in the 50s, you know, uh, mm. NFC North uh, football. Holy fudge. Both quarterbacks atrocious. I mean, credit, I suppose, the Bears, you know, Justin Fields for coming up with that last drive. Uh, everyone's scratching their head and wondering why Minnesota didn't blitz a little bit more in that last drive in particular. But, man, that was bad football. Bad, you know, honestly, Ben, after – like, I haven't watched that many Chicago Bears start-to-finish games, right? And on Sundays, we all kind of, like, switch channels and, and miss commercials and this and that. And, you know, I've seen Justin Fields obviously play a lot. That was the first time, though, admittedly, that I watched from start-to-finish Justin Fields. And, man, he is bad. He, I, I knew it. I've watched clips. I've, I've seen him in last-minute drives. He never comes through. But I know the Bears won the battle. But I think, ultimately, they lost the war. They can't go into next year with Justin Fields as the starting quarterback. They just can't. Yeah, it will be really interesting, Scott, because the final now five games for Chicago is all in audition, if not for the Bears organization, the rest of the National Football League. Let's welcome in our Sports Grid Radio audience on Sirius XM Channel 159. It's football full circle. He's Scott Wetzel. I am Ben Stevens recapping and reviewing the finale of Monday Night Football for week number 12. Scott, I actually think Justin Fields did show a couple of flashes last night. They don't really let him air the football out down the field. A ton of passes 
passes near the line of scrimmage, screen plays to get the ball quickly into the hands of DJ Moore and other playmakers, but he was Chicago's leading rusher for a second consecutive game, 59 yards on the ground, did throw for 217, well over his passing yards prop of 197 and a hook. Scott, I believe the situation in Chicago has probably soured to a point that Justin Fields won't be the face of their franchise moving forward, but I think there's going to be some sweeping changes for the Bears organization this offseason. I don't expect Matt Eberflus to be back as the head coach. I think it's a fresh start, and we'll get into the Carolina Panthers and what Carolina owner David Tepper had to say today after firing Frank Reich yesterday and how this all correlates together with the Bears holding Carolina's first-round pick in 2024. But for me, Scott, it was an interesting football game right? I watch a lot of Big Ten West football, knowing that that's where my alignment is. And that can be beautiful in how dreadful the sport is. At the National Football League level, though, where you expect elite and excellence, it's not necessarily as fun to watch bad football. And frankly, that's what we had last night. Scott, let me take you through the drive chart of the second half. Ten total possessions between the two teams that were a play that were longer than a play. Here was that drive chart. Turnover on downs for Minnesota to start the second half. Then a field goal for Chicago. Interception Minnesota. Field goal Chicago. Interception Minnesota. Fumble Chicago. Touchdown Minnesota. Fumble Chicago. Punt Minnesota. Field goal Chicago. That was the final possession of the game and the 30-yarder that clinched it for the Bears. Chicago won the game, Scott, despite not having a touchdown, although it was a Justin Fields strike to DJ Moore under a minute left that set the stage for that Cairo Santos winning field goal. I think there are some flashes for the Bears, Scott. I'm not sure they want to keep on winning. Obviously, you always want to win. No franchise, especially at this point, would admit they are tanking by any means. But Chicago, Scott, not only has Carolina's first round pick in 2024, which more than likely will be that number one overall selection. If they are at the bottom of the league, they could have two top five picks at bare minimum, two top 10 selections to start 2024's NFL draft. And not only that, Ben, if they really wanted to part ways with Justin Fields, if you traded him, what could you get? I mean, I don't know if you'd get a first-round pick, but, you, you know, you might get a conditional second-rounder. I, I think to Josh Rosen a few years ago when Arizona traded him to the Dolphins after an awful, you know, few games, and then they drafted Kyler Murray. They got a conditional second-round pick, so you, you might be able to add on to that if you really just want to cut loose. And here's the other thing about Fields. This is his uh, magical third year, Ben. You know, this is where you got to guarantee the fifth year at the end of the year we saw the Giants not do that with Danny Nichols as I like to call them and that kind of you know bit them in the ass uh, do you do it just because you think you're going to bring new people in and you want to give Justin Fields crack with another regime it's the dicey situation right you want to lose because you want a higher draft choice but in a dopey NFC you know at four and eight and you look at their schedule you're never going to pencil in an automatic win with the Bears but it's not like they're facing the 49ers Eagles and Cowboys and Dolphins and Chiefs left on their schedule. I mean, maybe just maybe they could make a little bit of a run if they won a couple of more games. They won two of their last three, and the one game they lost against the Lions, you know, in all regular they should have won. They didn't by yeah. two scores with five minutes left. So, yeah. But they, they, they got to get the guy killed, Ben. You know, they, they got to figure out what they're going to do. He's their leading rusher again. You're not going to survive. Mm -hmm. You know, he's fumbling the football all over the place, and you, you want to continue to give him the ball. I mean, yeah. does he not? Can he throw down the field? Is that why they're not throwing down the field? or is it the offensive coordinator who doesn't know what he's doing? You know, what's the reason why they don't open it up? 
you know, before the year began, it was all, well, he doesn't have a wide receiver. All right, so then he went out and got him DJ Moore, right? But they still not opening it up. So what does that tell you about the Bears quarterback situation and the offensive coordinator situation? Yeah, no doubt about it, Scott. I would look at Chicago right now, about to enter their bye week. They come out of the bye hosting the Detroit Lions. As Scott mentioned two weeks ago, they should have beaten the Lions in the Motor City up by two touchdowns with under three and a half minutes to play. We'll see Chicago from that point, Scott, a road trip to Cleveland. We'll see how tough that game is by the time where the Browns stand, what their quarterback situation is like. And then they finish with Arizona and Atlanta at home before the regular season finale in Lambeau against the Packers you're not wrong Scott there is a chance not likely by any means but there's a possibility Chicago could run the table finish at nine and eight and if they're nine and eight Scott knowing the NFC right now they might make it to the postseason which leads us into Minnesota Scott the Vikings did drop that game yesterday after a five-game win streak they have now lost two in a row maybe some of that Minneapolis magic for Joshua Dobbs has run out the astronaut maybe brought back down to earth four interceptions yesterday Scott not everyone his fault including one in the first half where he threw a beautiful ball on a great timing route to Jordan Addison that almost hit him in the face mask that was then intercepted by Jaquan Brisker but still four turnovers out of your quarterback is never a recipe for wins or success in the National Football League but even with that Scott the Vikings six and six and even 500 and currently hold on to that seventh and final NFC postseason spot We'll talk about the outlook for Minnesota, Scott. The overall outlook for the NFC as a whole and the team that sits in last in the NFC in all the National Football League, the Carolina Panthers, after the big change yesterday, letting go of Frank Reich after only 11 games into his opening year. All that and more in store coming next here on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. 
We're live right here on FFC. It's football full circle. All part of the Sports Grid Radio Network. He's Scott Wetzel. I am Ben Stevens. So, Scott, not the night the Vikings were hoping for. I guess you could say because their opponent did not score a touchdown, a squandered opportunity for Minnesota. But when you turn the football over four times, your quarterback throws four INTs, regardless of who was at fault, it's difficult to win said football game. The Vikings lose outright as a three-point home favorite. Chicago pulls the slight up upset winning 12 to 10 and Scott there's a reason perhaps that Joshua Dobbs is on his second NFL team of this year his third NFL team dating back to training camp there's a reason he is an incredibly fast learner but at times the bottom might potentially fall out some of that Minnesota magic wearing out last night as he throws those four INTs and only throws for 185 yards but Scott despite all all of that the Vikings are six and six and even 500 regardless of the result last night Minnesota was going to stay in the playoff picture in the NFC they now are in that seventh spot the third and final wild card spot in the NFC still the half game advantage Scott on the inside of the playoff picture in the NFC then they would be on the outside yeah, the opportunity, though, for them to have won at least one of these two games, though, was right there, right? You, you, I got to figure if you want to make the playoffs, you got to find a way to win in Denver, which they had an opportunity to, and then this one right here, uh, which you can't be losing at home to the Chicago Bears. You just you can't do it. But, you know, that all said, even uh, Kevin O'Connell said it afterwards, you know, most people thought they would fall apart once Kirk Cousins got hurt, Justin Jefferson left. They haven't done that. So if you can separate yourself from what's happened the last two weeks, they're they're right they're right there you know six and six nobody has like a daunting schedule they all have relatively easy to to winnable games i'll say maybe not easy but winnable games and which team ben is there going to be a team that's going to not get in nine and eight or eight and nine is there going to be one team that's just going to win all these winnable games and really get in with 10 wins I, I i don't know if that's the case it's just any team can beat any team but it's you're disappointed if you're a vikings fan right it's, it's like the, it's like having a bet on a game and your team is losing 30 to nothing, then they rally, take the lead or come close. Your renewed hopes you're going to win your bet only to lose again. You know, so you, you lose twice. That's kind of what's happening to the Vikings here. They, they probably had hopes. Then they lost their hopes when the injuries occurred. They got renewed hopes. And now, as you said, we're finding out why Joshua Dobbs, good story, you know, great kid. Sounds like a nice guy, yeah. family there and everything. But... There's a reason why he's been on seven teams, and, and we're finding out he's a turnover machine. He just he just loses the football all over the place. You know, whether it's passes maybe being thrown too hard, or not hard enough, or fumbling the ball, trying to do too much. Not sure, but there's a reason why these guys throw interceptions and turn the ball over. It's not coincidence. Yeah. It didn't work out last night, certainly, for Joshua Dobbs. And two fumbles from Justin Fields on two consecutive fourth-quarter possessions, Scott, maybe oh, had yeah. some life for Minnesota, unable to take advantage. They punted after the first fumble that Justin Fields had. and Or the second fumble, I should say, when they had an opportunity to go and win that football game, at least add a field goal on to make it 13-9 at that juncture. So Chicago would have had to come down the field and score a touchdown touchdown not kick a field goal that ended up being the game winner Scott entering yesterday's Monday night football game though in Minneapolis the Vikings were minus 230 minus 230 to make the NFC playoffs following the game again still in that playoff position if the season ended 
today. Of course, it does not. We still have six regular season weeks left to go. The Vikings still slightly favored to be a playoff team at minus 122. Scott, do you think there is any hope? There is any outlook for Minnesota that sees the Vikes as a postseason team in 2023? You know, there, there's hope. I mean, they're sitting in the spot. I think there's hope. That loss, I will say this, that loss opened the door for a lot of teams to have renewed yeah. hope. You know, if you're the Rams at 5-6, and six, now you're like, wow, if, if you're the Saints at 5-6, and six, not only do I have to win the division, now maybe I can back in as a wild card. If you're 4-7 Tampa Bay, uh, heck, I, I know this is going to be crazy to say, Ben, but even if you're the 4-8 Giants and Commanders, now all of a sudden you're like, whoa, wait a minute, okay, now we're only two back, and, and we have uh, you know five games left. That's a lot of ground. It's no doubt going to come down to tiebreakers. I don't doubt that. But, yeah, everyone has hope. Packers now have renewed hope. Heck, as we talked about, the Bears have renewed hope. Outside of Carolina and Arizona, there, there's probably not a team in the NFC that's not thinking, okay, you know what? If things fall the right way and we can win some of these winnable games, yeah, why not us? I, I think the NFL is probably happy about that. I don't know if the fans are because it's tough to come up with a good football game, even though you have two teams that may be battling for a playoff spot, but, you know, is anyone going out of their way to watch 4-7 and seven Tampa Bay and 5-6 and six Green Bay, we'll just say? Yeah. Probably not, but um, yeah, listen, there, there's hope for everybody. Yeah, it is a wild race now in the NFC when you look at it because Minnesota at 6-6 six and six has that final, 7th and final NFC postseason spot. Right behind them, though, by only a half game, three teams at 5-6. and six. The Packers, Rams, and Saints, all 5-6. and six. Scott, I think Green Bay has the best shot of anybody to go maybe grab a playoff spot in the NFC. The Seahawks have lost two straight. They're 6-5. and five. They're a 9-point underdog, Scott, on Thursday to to start week 13 on the road in the star against the Dallas Cowboys who currently at eight and three have to hold down the top wild card spot because they still trail the Eagles by two games in the win-loss column and at this point Philadelphia has the head-to-head tiebreaker as well Scott there's also a potential in my estimation that in the NFC South we might actually see two teams somehow some way battle for playoff positioning not just to win the division but maybe in those wild card spots the Saints five and six the Bucks only a game and a half back at four and seven and at this moment has got the Falcons the front runner in the NFC South the favorite price as well even money plus 100 Atlanta is also just five and six but with the victory for the Dirty Birds at home this past Sunday in the ATL over New Orleans 24-15 the final the Falcons winning outright as a short one and a half point home underdog the Falcons have that head-to-head tiebreaker I think the division Scott very likely could be decided week number 18 in the regular season finale when the Saints will host the Falcons in the second game of their season series to end out the year in New Orleans yeah you know good news bad news for the Falcons good news is their schedule is ridiculously easy I I mean you're talking Jets Bucks Carolina Colts put at home, Bears and Saints that you mentioned. I mean, that, that's right. The bad news is that four of those games are on the road. Only two at home. Could they lose to the Jets this week? Boy, you wouldn't think so with Tim Boyle at quarterback, but I am in no way putting this to the Falcons in any position of all right, circling a game, and that's a win, that's a win, that's a win. They're more than capable of losing all these games as they are winning all these games. But, yeah, chances are that Saints-Falcons one close out the season September, uh, Sunday, January 7th, will decide it. And like I said, you may, not only could you have two teams coming out of the NFC South, which we thought at the beginning of the year would be no way you might have two teams coming out with losing records that's how bad the nfc is
Yeah. It, 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 there is a really good chance, Scott. It seems that for a second consecutive year, the NFC South champion will have a record sub 500. The Saints, who were the favorites entering this past Sunday, as they were a slight favorite on the road against the Falcons, only 50 cents back at plus 150. The Buccaneers at plus 470. Then there's that fourth team, Scott, in the NFC South division that has no chance of being a playoff team or even contending for a divisional crown where a team might win it with a sub-500 record. That's the Carolina Panthers, the worst record in the National Football League, 1-10 and 10 for the Panthers. Scott, not just only one win, only one cover as well. 1-8-2 and two against the number. Joe Lisi was here yesterday. We got his thoughts on the decision by Carolina to part ways with Frank Reich. We also heard, Scott, from David Tepper earlier this morning. On the other side of the break, I'll share what Tepper had to say about what the speculation has been in the quarterback decision going with Bryce Young at number one overall as opposed to C.J. Stroud how that process played out and what it means for the overall organization for the Panthers here moving forward was that the reason Frank Reich was fired what does it mean for Bryce Young and his future in Charlotte we'll talk about it next here on Football Full Circle sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com stock have too high a price buy a slice trade fractional shares of your favorite u.s stocks and etfs in any dollar amount you choose with zero commissions online get started at fidelity.com slash stocks by the slice Fractional share quantities can be entered to three decimal places if the value of the order is at least one cent. Dollar-based trades can be entered to two decimal places. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from one cent to three cents per $1,000 of principal. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We're live right here on Football Full Circle. Scott, the NFC playoff picture is going to be very jumbled for those wild card positions. The divisional favorites at this moment all pretty heftily favored where things stand outside of the NFC South that we discussed because in the NFC South, all four teams have a record below 500, a losing record at this point. That includes, Scott, the team with the worst record in the National Football League, the Carolina Panthers, who are just 1-10 and straight up in, in this business 
business where we judge things based on expectation against the odds. Only one, eight, and two against the number in underdog in all 11 games. And Scott, there was supposed to be some optimism for Carolina this year. The number one overall pick. They get Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst to build up an offense around Bryce Young. But it's been anything but a success. There's been anything but optimism out of Charlotte lately. And Scott, that came to a head yesterday. Frank Reich fired as the Carolina Panthers head coach. The third coach in as many NFL seasons, Scott, to be fired before he completed his first full season with a new team. And this time, it's the shortest tenure. Only 11 games, Scott, for Reich at the helm in Carolina. Scott, let's go back to yesterday. When you got that breaking news update on Monday morning following the conclusion of week number 12's Sunday slate, what was your initial reaction? I wasn't surprised only because I had read earlier in the uh, in the newspaper or on online wherever um, that the, the owner uh, came storming out of the locker room throwing f bombs all over the place. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> Chances are pretty good that uh, there's going to be a change this week in Carolina. So I wasn't surprised. I don't know, Ben. You know, to me, that you fire the general manager Scott Fitterer. You know, you want to blame anybody for this mess? Uh, blame yeah. the guy who's uh, responsible for drafting Bryce Young, 150 pounds soaking wet 510 over CJ Stroud who's going to set all kind of NFL records this year. I mean, how does that guy look himself in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm a good GM? And oh, by the way, you know, don't stop there. His second round pick, wide receiver Jonathan Mingo, 28 receptions in no touchdowns. His third round pick, linebacker DJ Johnson, 14 tackles, no sacks. So it's not like he's just blown that one. Now, these all three of these guys may end up being great NFL players, but it's not happening overnight. So just you know you're surprised because it's the first year but it does seem this has been a long year for Carolina right I mean yeah if you t- it feels like he's been there for three years not not one it really is weird but nice to be a billionaire you know you, you want to pay uh, that rule with his money you're gonna now you're gonna pay uh, you know Frank Reich his money on top of the money you're gonna have to pay a new head coach and who wants yeah. that job you know is, is that job appealing I mean it's, listen it's an NFL head coaching job so people are gonna apply but you got no first-round draft choice next year. You got a quarterback that yeah. you've invested in that might not be any good. That's a, that's a tough job to really get a big-time head coach. You're looking at probably another offensive coordinator, so some young snapper offensive coordinator, right, to work with Bryce Young. Yeah, and you're working for an owner, Scott. Let's call a spade a spade. Has fired three head coaches since he started owning the team in 2018. Ron Rivera, Matt Rule, and Frank Reich. The last two fired midway through the season. And this was only 11 games for Frank Reich. There doesn't seem to be a very long leash at the helm of this Panthers organization. And Scott, there was some conversation, right? And there was something said by Frank Reich early in the year that alluded to the idea their hope was to draft C.J. Stroud and not Bryce Young. And that stark contrast has been made even more clear as this year has played out. C.J. Stroud, I think, has already been shipped the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year award, or at least he has had it engraved at this moment. He's an MVP contention as well. The second most passing yards in all of the National Football League. And Scott was inches away from leading his third consecutive game-winning drive in the past three weeks, or at least game-tying in this 
instance in a divisional duel against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, the Matt Amendola 58-yard field goal a foot away. Center cut, but off the crossbar. So you have C.J. Stroud performing like a five-year NFL veteran and a Houston team, Scott, that has a winning record at this moment and all of the vibes and energy around that organization, positive, hopeful, determined for better. All the vibes around Carolina not so great right now. And Scott, with that conversation circulating around Bryce Young and who wanted that number one overall pick, QB coach Josh McCown also fired yesterday as was running back coach and assistant head man Deuce Staley. Scott, I referenced this yesterday when we discussed it. At the Ohio State Pro Day in Columbus, there was a video of Josh McCown talking to C.J. Stroud after the workout was complete. And he said to C.J. Stroud, who's a big basketball fan, when you move to Charlotte, we're going to have to set up some runs so we can play some hoops together. That video, Scott, moved the market. That's when C.J. Stroud became the odds-on favorite to go number one overall because there was a thought that Carolina was going to make that move up the draft board to take Stroud first overall. And so that ties in, Scott, to the speculation around this firing of Frank Reich and, frankly, what owner David Tepper had to say earlier this morning. In a press conference, David Tepper, according to Ari Mayrov, who does a ton of reporting around the NFL, in this press conference, Scott, confirms that the Panthers were supposed to trade to the number two pick in what would have been a rare three-team trade where the Texans would have moved up because they were infatuated with Bryce Young, the Bears would have moved back to number two, and then Carolina, in their conversations with Chicago, Chicago would have moved up to number two overall, and their intention there, Scott, at second was to take C.J. Stroud. Tepper says that everyone in the building wanted Bryce Young, but then he described the process of how that played out and how he had veto power if it came down to that with the votes in the room, whether it be from the front office and the coaching staff. He said he gave full support to either option. But Scott, it sounded like to me, if you read between the tea leaves, that it was an interesting process and conversation at bare minimum and how they went about selecting Bryce Young with that first overall pick. And it still says to me, Scott, there was a clear fracture, a schism of sorts between ownership front office versus what the coaching staff had expected. And that's why I think Frank Reich was fired now after only 11 games. Because the situation was so dire around Bryce Young, there was no positivity. There was no growth being exemplified. That I think Tepper was like, hey, if this guy's going to be the face of the franchise as we all wanted him to be, or at least as I wanted him to be, we need to put him in the best spots. And Frank Reich's coaching staff isn't doing that. Yeah, and you can see the next head coach. You you know. You, you know exactly what you have to say to get that job. You know, when you interview for that head coaching job, you go in there and say, yeah, you know what? I love C.J. Stroud. You should have drafted him, you know, or something to that effect. You, you're not getting the job. You got to go in there. Even if you think Bryce Young is the worst quarterback in the history of mankind, you want that job, you better tell you to, to, to uh, everyone in that organization, you know what? He's a winner. He's this. He's that. I'll get the best out of him. I got the system. Blah, 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 blah. You know what's weird about it is uh, you'll never convince me, Ben, that C.J. Uh, Stroud's success at Houston is playing a role. 
in this. You know, if Houston was in a similar plight, maybe two, three wins, whatever, I don't know if there'd be a, a, that pressure on the Carolina Panthers mm-hmm. to do well. But the fact that Stroud went second and Stroud's having a good year and Houston's having a great year, no doubt put that much more pressure on everyone in Carolina. And the oddity is, you know, yeah. he's really getting worse, Ben. If you look at yeah. it just statistically anyway, you know, his first few games in the league, right, 146 yards, not great, then 152, uh, 153, then up to 204, then up to 247, threw for 200, two more games, and oddly enough, the one game that they won was against C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans for whatever reason, 15-13. But from that point on, it's regressed. 173, 185, 123, 194 this past week. He hasn't thrown for 200 yards. After throwing for 200 yards in four of his first six games, it's gone backwards, and maybe that yeah. obviously must have played a role. You, you didn't see any improvement out of, C, out of uh, Bryce Young this year. Yeah, those four games, Scott, that you mentioned, the four games only this year, he has thrown for 200 yards or more. He has never exceeded 250. He has nine touchdowns to eight interceptions. Scott, we'll never entirely know what played out in Carolina, right? NFL circles are close-knit. They're tight-lipped. But if you could be a fly on that wall, I wonder what the feeling is today versus what it was under Frank Reich for Bryce Young specifically, if he enjoyed working with Reich, if he is happy there is a change, what it all means. And Scott, you brought this up, which I think is a crucial point in this conversation moving forward for the Panthers as well. They're a one-win football team. They have the worst record in the National Football League. They're a minus-140 favorite, or I guess you could say the best price, sadly, in this scenario, to have the worst record in the National Football League in 2023. More than likely, Scott, they are going to have the number one overall pick, and they're going to have that worst record. Except the only silver lining that would come from a disastrous season to get that first overall pick would be then having that selection. But it's not theirs. It goes to Chicago. So that silver lining, the light at the end of the tunnel, isn't even there, Scott, in 2023, which means one thing and one thing only. The rest of this season is a developmental project for Bryce Young so that you hope by week 16, 17, or 18, there is a glimmer of hope that he is going to be your quarterback of the future in the face of the franchise moving forward in Carolina. Or the only other option, Ben, is that they they play him the rest of the year and they get get a consensus like it's not happening, kind of like Arizona did with Josh uh, Rosen a few years back, and they cut bait and then they go sign Kirk Cousins. You you get an owner that says, you know what, we tried rebuilding. It's not happened. Uh, We've gotten first-round draft choices of our own. We've gotten first-round draft choices from the Jets that hasn't worked out. You know what, let's go get the proven product. I got a big paycheck. Whatever you want, Kirk, it's your money. They could do that. Wow. Yeah, I guess that would be the only thing, but what a disaster that would be after one year firing a head coach after 11 games and thinking the guy that you spent a first overall draft selection on is not going to be your future even into year number two. We'll continue the conversation here on Football Full Circle up next live on Sports Grid Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Placing a trade shouldn't be complicated. It should be smooth as butter. 
The Fidelity app makes investing easy with zero commission U.S. stock and ETF trades, no account minimums, and fractional shares trading. Fidelity, where nothing comes between you and the trade. That's smooth. Download our app free from the App Store or Google Play. Sell orders are subject to an activity assessment fee from $0.01 cent to $0.03 cents per $1,000 of principal. No account minimums apply to retail brokerage accounts only. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We're live right here on Football Full Circle. It is FFC, all a part of the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Scott, we looked at the NFC playoff picture, and the jumbled mess it could be in the wild card chase. It's kind of a similar story in a weird way in the AFC. Better teams winning records, but really, are they all that much better? Feels very up in the air at the very least. Scott, the four divisional frontrunners, though, very strong in the AFC. You could say this. You could say the same for the first three in the NFC, the NFC South, though, of course, a team might win with a 9-8 and eight record or perhaps below 500. Not the case in the AFC. The Ravens have the best record after a victory in Los Angeles against the Chargers on Sunday night football. The Flock 9-3, and three, they will enter their bye week, a crucial bye week, to get healthier across the roster. Of course, they won't be with Mark Andrews the remainder of this year. Then the Chiefs got 8-3, the Jags 8-3, the Dolphins 8-3. What's interesting to me, Scott, about the four divisional frontrunners and favorites, everybody in pretty hefty minus money, but Kansas City's minus 4,000 to win the AFC West. Miami is minus 1,100 to win the AFC East. The Jaguars are now minus 1,000 after the crucial victory against the Texans on Sunday in H-Town. The Ravens are still an odds-on favorite, Scott, but for the team with the best record in the AFC, they're just minus 300 to win the AFC North and that divisional crown. That's where things stack up at this moment, Scott, for the four divisional frontrunners and pretty hefty favorites, all of them. It's just the Ravens not as strong of a favorite in the AFC North as the other three divisional favorites. Yeah, kind of weird, right? I mean, uh, listen, the Ravens didn't look great the other night, Sunday night against uh, L.A., the Chargers, but they got the win. They got a stranglehold, and everyone else in that division has major flaws. So I'm curious to know why they would only be minus 3-1. to Is it the Mark Andrews injury? I mean, it's not the Bengals, right? I mean, they they look deader than dead against Pittsburgh. Uh, Cleveland, you know, didn't exactly look great, and and Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and now the concussion maybe, and everything else you know does anyone really think the Browns are going to continue and everyone says Pittsburgh from from day one isn't any good because of their quarterback situation so I don't know you know what Jaguars 10 to 1 Kansas City 40 to 1 you know Miami 11 to 1 yet Baltimore's only 3 to 1 that's kind of weird isn't it yeah 
I think, Scott, it just speaks to the relative strength, at least in record right now, of the other teams in the AFC North. The Steelers 7-4, the Browns 7-4. We'll talk about what your record says that you are, despite what the optics might look like. But currently, Scott, Baltimore only a game and a half advantage within the division. Kansas City has already played Denver twice this year. They split them, so there's no head-to-head tiebreaker there. And Kansas City has a two-game advantage. The Chiefs, by the way, have the easiest schedule remaining in the AFC that we'll talk about in just a moment. Jacksonville, a huge victory over Houston that kind of adds some separation. The Colts are also, though, 6-5. and five. And the Miami Dolphins got 8-3 and three right now. The team closest to them, the Buffalo Bills, and even 500 at 6-6. Six and six. And the rest of the AFC East is not what we expected it to be in this 2023 NFL campaign. Scott, I will say this, though. As you look at the odds, Kansas City is a minus-120 odds-on favorite to be the number one overall seed in the AFC, despite the fact the Ravens have that distinction at this time. It's because Baltimore has the hardest schedule remaining in all the National Football League here down the final six weeks of the regular season. The Ravens have her bye this week. They come out of the bye at home against the Rams and then two road trips in Jacksonville and in San Francisco and then two final games where they will host the Dolphins and the Steelers in that regular season finale, week number 18. Who knows what will be at stake in that regular season finale, but nothing is ever easy when it comes to Baltimore and Pittsburgh facing off in a divisional duel. So Although Baltimore right now, Scott, at 9-3, and three, the best record in the AFC, f- sitting in that first-place position, Kansas City the favorite to have that number one overall seed once again because, again, the Chiefs have the easiest schedule remaining out of the 16 teams in the AFC. Their only game against a team right now that has an even 500 record They don't play another team that has a winning record at this moment. Just a team with an even 500 record is the Buffalo Bills, and that's two weeks from now, but it will be at home inside Arrowhead. Now, Buffalo doesn't have much margin of error, Scott, if they want to be a playoff team. It will be big for the Bills coming off their own bye week this upcoming weekend to nab that one in Kansas City, something they have done the last two regular seasons. But, Scott, that's why KC specifically favored to be the number one overall seed. The schedule, the easiest in the AFC for the remaining portion of this NFL season. Yeah, and, and even they have some flaws, but I don't know if the flaws will uh, be more than overcome that easy schedule. The Baltimore schedule, you know, is difficult, and, and then in some ways it's not. You know, are, are they going to lose at home to the Rams? Probably not. You know, we, we saw Jacksonville get manhandled by San Francisco, kind of a similar team like Baltimore. I think the Ravens win that. They probably lose at San Fran. Then they got the Dolphins, but at home, and we all know the Dolphins never beat. I'm a Dolphin fan. They never beat any good team, so chances yeah. are they win that football game and then they close it out at home against Pittsburgh you're right no matter what the records are that's always a war so but they are five and one the division as well which helps them tiebreaker wise so they might not technically have a game uh and a half lead but they they kind of do right now anyway knowing that uh, they're they're six and three rather conference record but that's the best uh, out of all those teams in the AFC North so I think when everything is said and done they probably won't have the best overall record that that's going to go to Kansas City I suppose but yeah. Um, it's 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 not you know it, it's a close one. Even the Dolphins' schedule is not you know at eight and three. Ben, it's, it's not. Listen, they should be eleven and three, right? Washington, Tennessee at home, and then the Jets again. So they're eleven and three, yeah. I would think, heading into Dallas at home at that Baltimore game, and then Buffalo, which could be yeah. at that point out of it. That's not a bad schedule either. Yeah. 
No, no doubt about it. That Buffalo game, Scott, to end out the regular season in Miami is going to be interesting, right? Are the Dolphins pretty primely positioned for where they stand in the postseason picture? Could they rest some starters? Could that be a huge benefit to the Bills who have the Chiefs, the Cowboys, and the Dolphins all remaining on the schedule in their final five games? And Scott, you would think at most Buffalo can lose a game and try to finish with a 10-7 and record to be an AFC playoff team, probably in that wild card spot. It will be fascinating to see how this rest of the regular season plays out and Scott the story is very similar for the Dolphins as it is for Dallas right now the Dolphins the favorites and in that first place position in the AFC East the Cowboys two games behind the Eagles in the NFC East but the top wildcard team and pretty comfortably so again a nine-point favorite against Seattle on Thursday Scott with a victory over the Seahawks who would have a winning record entering the game at six and five it would be the first win for Dallas against a team with a winning record this year. It would send the Seattle Seahawks to an even 500 number at 6-6. Six and six. But Scott, the Dolphins have beat every team with a losing record on their schedule. 0-3 against teams with a winning mark. Dallas has only played two teams with a winning record. That being the Niners and the Eagles. They lost both of those games as an underdog and were unable to cover the number as well. So again, Scott, those are the similarities between Dallas and Miami. And when you look at a couple of prices in the MVP market as well, Scott. Dak Prescott tied for the third best number at 6-1. to Tua Tungabailoa just behind at 8-1. to If they can have a couple of those moments against the teams that have winning records and they can step up in those marquee spots, they are very much in the running for this MVP race. The numbers right now for Dak Prescott, very, very good. The numbers for Tua, very good as well. As long as he remains healthy, he's a top five passer currently, Scott, in the National Football League. Yeah, I, I would think Tua would have the better chance here, Ben. I mean, you're right. I, I didn't. I mean, I realized it, but I didn't. You look at that Dallas schedule. I mean, you talk about dredge team. I mean, Topeka High could be eight and three. I mean, they faced the Giants twice, that they have to. But the Jets, Arizona, which was actually a loss, a, a putrid as we're finding out, New England team. I mean, it, Carolina's on there. Obviously, they got to play Washington twice, including one more time. I mean, it. Their schedule really has been a joke. I mean, if they were had to me, if they were any good, they would be at worst nine and two, not eight and three, just losing to all yeah. the good teams that they faced. So, and knowing they got that gauntlet coming up, you know, even Seattle this week on a short week, not going to be yeah. easy. Then Philadelphia at Buffalo at Miami, I, I would not be buying it on Dallas. But Miami, different story. And I, I'll throw you one more. Just someone brought this up, so I won't take credit for it. Not that it's anything outlandish, but. I don't know. How about Ty Hill? You know, he's going for all these records. They seemingly are, are going to give him every opportunity to get 2,000 yards, you know, maybe 20 touchdown receptions. It would be something crazy for them to give the MVP to a wide receiver. But if you wanted to take a flyer on Miami, maybe it would be Hill, not Tua. Yeah. Listen, Tyreek Hill at the moment, Scott, is the odds-on favorite. Only slight minus money, minus money, but still the odds-on favorite to win the NFL Offensive Player of the Year award. It's minus 110. Christian McCaffrey not all that far behind at plus 125. But Tyreek Hill, 40-1 to 1 to win the NFL MVP. Funny enough, Scott, he's actually behind Christian McCaffrey in this market by $10. CMC has the 10th best price at 
30 to 1. Jalen Hurts is the front runner at plus 150. Scott, it's often the case, whether it be the Heisman Trophy or the NFL MVP award, because they often go to quarterbacks. Ten consecutive winners of the NFL MVP have played the quarterback position. That quarterbacks, fair or unfair, are tied to team success. Wins and losses are never cast on a defensive lineman or a running back or a wide receiver. They're always tied to the quarterback of your organization. And in this case, Scott, thus individual success means team success and vice versa. So with Jalen Hurts being the quarterback after a five-touchdown performance in a huge overtime victory over Buffalo and his Philadelphia club having the best record in the National Football League at 10-1, to that's why he's the favorite right now at plus 150, $2 in front of Patrick Mahomes. Scott, we had this conversation on the early line earlier this morning about Mahomes and because of Kansas City's schedule, if they end up as the number one overall seed again and the offense is on the uptick, as we saw in that second half against the Las Vegas Raiders, could he stack up the numbers to be an MVP front runner once again? Both Donnie and I said that a little bit of MVP voter fatigue might come into play. He's won the award twice in the last five seasons, but it's not even just voter fatigue, Scott, for a guy that's still putting up numbers. The numbers this year for Patrick Mahomes are nowhere near what they were in his two MVP winning seasons. In 21 in 2018, he threw for 50 touchdown passes. He's one of three quarterbacks in NFL history to have 50 passing touchdowns in a single season alongside Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. And last year, Scott, he threw for 5,250 yards and 41 touchdowns. He is nowhere near that pace here at the end of 12 weeks this season. Yeah, uh, to me it is hurts to to lose at this point. I mean, yeah. his stats aren't like great, Ben. You know, he's not in the top ten in passing yards. He, he's eleventh, but he's not right. top ten. He has ten interceptions. You know, eighteen touchdowns, which are pretty good, but not number one by any stretch. Uh, and then you throw in all the running, and but you watch him play. I tell you, I love Pat Mahomes, and I'm not going to say he's better than Mahomes, but he, he's getting on that level. This guy, he does whatever it needs to be done. Yeah. He wins when he's not playing well. Then he does play well. I mean, he's phenomenal. I, how this guy dropped in a draft, I don't know either. You know, you get guys that are in number one, number two overall, and then you get guys that, that you know, so many teams passed on, but I think he's having the MVP year. I'm impressed with what Philadelphia has done. They bucked the trends, right? Yeah. Super Bowl losers always play poorly the next year not the case here with Philadelphia he's the leader of the pack I think he's the best player in the NFL right now yeah, Scott, I would agree. And when you look at the rushing numbers, you got to take those into account. 11 touchdowns. Some might say, well, it's the tush push. How about the 12-yard game winner in overtime against Buffalo to walk it off in Philadelphia this past Sunday? Scott, last year, Hurts had 13 rushing scores, the second most ever for a quarterback in a single season in NFL history, only one behind Cam Newton's record pace of 14. Jalen Hurts seems on track to maybe break that this year. More coming your way on Football Full Circle up next. Sports grid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com building a portfolio with fidelity basket portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich it's as simple as picking your stocks and etfs sort of like your meats and other topics and managing it as one big juicy investment That's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Scott Wetzel and Ben Stevens. We're live right here on Football Full Circle. It is FFC, all a part of the Sports Grid Radio Network. So, Scott, in the AFC playoff picture, we talked about those divisional frontrunners. Here's the wild card picture at this moment. We mentioned Buffalo at 6-6 six and six into the bye week. Scott, a few weeks ago, we talked about the Bills' price at plus 176. Now it's plus 360. I still believe Buffalo is in the running, but again, not much margin of error here, and a difficult schedule remains for Buffalo on the other end of their bye week, which is this Sunday. Scott, the wild card spots right now, the Steelers 7-4, the Browns 7-4, then a group of three teams at 6-5, where Indianapolis would currently be in the postseason at this moment. 6-5 for the Colts, 6-5 Texans, 6-5 Broncos, the Buffalo Bills 6-6, and and then the rest of the teams in the conference are sub-500. Scott, of those four teams, I guess you could say, the Colts, Texans, Broncos, and Bills, three of them at 6-5, and five, Buffalo 6-6, six and six, which of those four teams do you think is most likely to grab a wild card spot? Believe it or not, I'm going to go Houston Texans. Uh, I really am. You know, the one thing also that hurts the Buffalo Bills, 3-5 and five in conference play, which, again, come tiebreaker-wise, that, that's really going to hurt them, and their schedule yeah. is so bad. I, I, I wonder about the Broncos, whether offense, I you know it scored 29 points this past week, but it still really hasn't been great. I, I'm going to buy into Houston. I, I know they lost this past week, but, you know, another half a yard, the field goal is good, and who knows what happens in overtime. I'm impressed with the Texans at 6-5. and Five. Never thought they would be this. Uh, I didn't think they'd get six wins, let alone uh, be six and five after week 11 here. So give me, give me the Houston Texans. Their schedule's not too daunting. Um, I think it's a great story. I think the NFL would love to, to push this mantra, but they got the Jets. They got the Browns. They got the Titans twice. They got the Colts. Yeah. That, that's not bad. So give me Houston. You know what's interesting, Scott? The games against teams with a winning record are all the teams in front of them for Houston. The 10th easiest schedule left in the National Football League, but it's the Browns, the Broncos, and the Colts. Again, the teams with the winning record. If you're going to get the playoff spot, might as well beat the teams in front of you at this juncture. He's Scott Wetzel. I'm Ben Stevens. That does it for us today on Football Full Circle. We'll talk to you tomorrow at noon Eastern time on Sports Grid Radio. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC.
It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.